Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am an attachment coach, and today I am very excited to talk to you about how to face conflict head on. If you're bad at conflict resolution, if conflict makes you like a little prickly, a little anxious, a little triggered, today we're going to get into the details about how to handle it. Because I have some great news for all of you. Conflict is a normal part of daily life. (laughs) I know. And for some of us, that sucks to hear that. Like, Conflict can be really, really, really triggering, especially if we grew up in a very tumultuous household. So today, what I'm going to talk about is how the different attachment types deal with conflict and how you can handle it. Okay. So if you're new to attachment, first of all, welcome to this podcast. You've come to the right place. Um, Attachment uh, theory tells us how we related to our caregiver when we were growing up. And then of course, That also explains a lot of the strategies and behaviors that we use as an adult to relate to others. And this is across all partnerships. So this can be our romantic partnerships, our parents still, if they're still here, our boss, our clients, people that we meet on the street, like the guy at my corner store that I talk to all the time. It's across, yeah, it really is a relationships across all different areas of our life. And so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the different attachment types. But if you're wondering what attachment type you are, I suggest listening to episode 102 to get into the nitty gritty about um, the different attachment types and the descriptions of each one. So just to do brief overview of how insecure attachment types deal with conflict. The first one I always start with is anxious. Anxious, preoccupied individuals tend to be a little bit more outward focused. They really prioritize relationships over their own personal needs. And their biggest fear is abandonment. And they're here to show us like why community is so important and to inspire us to be in community. And so anxious, preoccupied in conflict tend to be very people pleasy. They'll say things that they think the other person wants to hear. And the big thing is they'll agree to things that they don't actually want to do or that they don't actually agree with. And again, that's because when someone is bringing up a boundary that can feel like conflict to them. And so they will avoid bringing things up because they don't want to put the relationship at risk. This is like, I'm in relationship with my husband who runs a little bit more anxious. And I can see this tendency coming up when we're in conversation. And I'll see him like, I'll I'll suggest something that we want to do. I'm like, hey, do you want to go to this place for dinner tonight? Do you want to do this? Like, go go to see this movie. And then I'll give him like three different options for dinner dinner places. And he just won't answer the question. And he'll often say to me, what would you like to have? (laughs) So that is one specific example of how that can actually show up because it's, it's, it's avoiding the conflict altogether. 
by people pleasing or saying yes to things that they don't actually want to do. The dismissive avoidant tends to be much more independent. Um, They like to soothe by themselves. They need a lot of space. Um, Feelings and emotions and vulnerability weren't safe growing up. And so um, as an adult, they tend to avoid those things, hence the name, (laughs) dismissive avoidant. Um, And so when they are in conflict, they tend to be more passive aggressive and they also withdraw or stonewall. And so what that looks like when you're in a conversation is oftentimes they'll feel swallowed when someone else is stating a need or stating a boundary or upset. They can, they'll, they'll feel like, oh, it's really, first of all, not safe for you to be um, showing any emotion. No vulnerability is allowed. <laughs> and so if someone else is doing it, they can often feel very anxious internally and they'll try to avoid the situation, get out of the space, walk away, um, end the conversation because they don't feel like it's safe to engage with you. And so this can look like passive aggressiveness, like they'll um, be a little bit irritated with their partner and use passive aggressiveness to get what they want because that is easier than actually sharing or need a need or stating a boundary or sharing a feeling. Um, It really kind of like cuts to the core of like what they want and they can get it in a quick way, right? But let's be real, who loves passive aggressiveness? (laughs) I'm always embarrassed when I'm passive aggressive, especially if it's with a stranger. I'm like, oh my God, I swear I'm a good person. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit about how they can, I'm going to talk to you after this about how you can work through that. But just know that if that is where you tend to go, if you feel swallowed when you're in an argument, um, or if you tend to want to like run to the other room, that's a, a likely sign that you run dismissive avoidant. And then the mix between those two is fearful avoidance. Fearful avoidance um, tended to grow up in the house with a lot of chaos, um, a lot of trauma, and they tend to flip back and forth between um, anxious and avoidant tendencies. And this attachment style tends to get really heated really quickly. So this can be look, look like getting like super hot and cold in a conversation they can push the gas and push the brakes at the same time. But you'll know if you identify with this attachment style, if you get really heated either internally or externally when there is conflict. And the reason I say internally or externally, I actually just learned this from Polly Secure and I really loved it. Um, Polly Secure is a fabulous book about um, attachment and, and polyamory. If you're not into polyamory, that's okay. Just read the, read the intro about attachment stuff. Um, it's really, really good. And um, she talks about the difference between internal and external manifestation of the fearful avoidant attachment style. Oftentimes, these individuals um, can be really in emotional turmoil on the inside, but because of that avoidant tendency to not be comfortable showing emotion, they're like locked down and everyone thinks that they're just like cool as a cucumber and they've got it all figured out. But inside they're a freaking mess. 
Um, hello, this is totally how I went through my entire 20s. College, oh my God, so heated internally, but no one knew because it wasn't safe for me to express that. Other fearful avoidance um, externally express their their frustration or their irritation, um, and they can get really heated in a conversation. And I love it when that happens because like you're showing me, you're showing me true vulnerability. But the work here obviously is to get better at uh, getting a little bit of a handle on your emotions so that they're not like, it's not like a violent reaction, but instead it's more of a, I'm going to share my feelings with you (laughs) instead of this like really heated reaction. Okay. So if you're identifying with any of these insecure attachment types, I'm going to get into how to handle this. But before we do, I do want to share what secure attachment looks like with conflict. Good news here. Secure attachments, um, typically, if you are secure, you address conflict head on. It does not trigger you, meaning you don't have like a charge around conflict. You You see conflict as a safe and important thing to express, share, communicate needs and boundaries, and also learn from your partner what their needs and boundaries are. So you're quick to address it. You're quick to work through it. While there is conflict, you're very good at sharing your emotions through conflict. So you can say like, oh, I'm feeling this way. And when you do feel those feelings, you're not making up stories about what those feelings mean about you or your partner. Instead, you're just addressing the emotion, the emotion and then moving through it. And we have a lot to learn from secure people about this. And the good news is that you can heal your attachment style. So you can be securely walking this earth and you can be securely addressing conflict quickly head on with confidence and being able to be in touch with your emotions without losing your sense of self and working through it with your partner so that you're getting to know each other better. Okay. So if you're identifying with any of the insecure attachment types, here's what I recommend on how to work through conflict. Step number one, no matter what attachment type you are, even if you're secure, Maybe if you're secure, you got like a little, maybe you got like a little story about conflict coming up when you hear this. What I want you to do is just tell yourself that you are safe right now in this moment that you are safe. And of course, if you're not physically safe, that's another conversation. Don't lie to yourself. What you want to do is when you are actually in a safe situation, no one is physically harming you. No one is, um, you know, your, your safety is not in question. Then it's really important to remind ourselves that, hey, this reaction is this like super outdated reaction from our childhood. It wasn't safe in our childhood to express our needs. It was not safe in childhood to express our emotions. It was not safe in childhood to have conflict. And so, What you want to do is realize we're not those, you know, we're not in our childhood anymore. We're, we're now, we're actually in a safe place, having a conversation with a human that is actually treating us safely. And so just start by doing that. Just start by saying to yourself, Hey, we're safe. That's step one. 
And that honestly is going to take you out of any reactionary, like feeling mode that you're taking on and reacting to. And instead, it's going to bring you back into your body and being like, okay, (laughs) what's next? Like, I can handle, I can walk through this. Like, I am actually physically safe. And then what I want you to do is just take a beat. Do whatever it takes to just take a breath, take a moment to collect yourself. I know sometimes it can be really hard, especially as a recovering fearful avoidant. I notice like when I think about myself through arguments through the past years, I used to just like quickly jump to conclusions and I would get really heated about it. And my poor partner was just like, I thought we were talking about this one thing and now we're talking about other thing. (laughs) Like what is going on? And so you want to just take a beat and think about what you want out of this situation. Now there's, you know, different kinds of conflicts. Sometimes we're the ones that are bringing something up with a partner. We're the ones with the issue or the problem or the need or the boundary. And sometimes our our partners or boss or friend are coming to us with needs, boundaries, communication issues, something that they really need to work through with us. And so if you're the one that's having the, the com- if you're the one that's like, I need to talk to you about this situation, or I'm really struggling with this emotion that I want to share with you, I want you to take a beat and really think about what you are trying to communicate. Take a minute, think about what you need. Is it you need them to hear you? I mean, that's like probably 90% of couples fighting. (laughs) Do you need them to comfort you? That's a huge one. And it is totally okay to ask for that. You deserve that. The person in your life is there to help you and support you. It is so valid to ask for that. Maybe it's that um, you need them to be at a specific place at a certain time. I mean, so many of my fights with my husband are about cleaning the house, (laughs) chores, house duties, um, putting things back in the right way. And what's really happening in those moments is we're asking for help. And sometimes asking for help is actually like a little difficult. So I'm going to get to that after this. Okay. So before I get to there, I want you to just take a beat and think, what do you need out of this situation? And then I want you to ask for it. And you can ask for something that's going to help you get through conflict that has nothing to do with the conflict. So something that my husband and I do are um, these co-regulation exercises. And what you do is you stand up and you, sorry, I just bumped the microphone. (laughs) You stand up and you hold each other in a hug. And you hold, like what's happening is you're holding yourself up but you're still touching your partner so that you're not leaning on them and they're not leaning on you. No one's leaning on the other person. You're just touching each other, hugging each other and co-regulating. And what I love about this is you're facing each other. Your heartbeat is like melding together at the same time. You're getting comfort and touch at the same time. And no one is giving or receiving more than the other person. It's an equal exchange. I've seen similar exercises all over the internet. Um, one of them is you sit down. Oh my God. I just saw the funniest photo. on. Um, from, oh my God. Okay. So this guy named broke ass Stuart, who's like this 
writer here in San Francisco posted a photo recently of a couple doing this pose that I'm about to tell you, but they were doing it naked in front of this club called the end up, which is like the place that you go when all of the bars have closed, (laughs) but it's daytime and they're just sitting there naked in front of this club, literally with their hands over their hearts. Okay. So I'll explain what the exercise is, but anyway, that's the thought. That's the image that came up when I was thinking about this exercise. Um, you can put your hand, sit on the floor facing your partner and put your hand over their heart and they put their hand over your heart. And again, this is a wonderful physical co-regulation exercise to get attuned to your partner. There's a couple ways to do it. That's one of them. Um, So it is totally okay for you to say, hey, I'm like feeling a little bit triggered right now. I'm feeling a little unsafe. Would you hold my hand while we're talking? Would you sit in front of me so that we're facing each other? Would you um, use a, a soothing tone of voice so that I feel safe while we're talking about this? It is totally okay for your need to have nothing to do with the conflict that you are working through. Okay. So once you've figured out what you need and you ask for it, you're going to communicate it in a really wonderful, loving, positive way. And if you're thinking about communicating with your boss, I know it's kind of a funny thing, (laughs) but think about saying something that is super supportive to them about your need rather than saying, oh, you are speaking to me so condescendingly and I'm feeling really hurt. I need you to give me physical touch while we're talking. Instead of saying it like that, Think about how you can say it in a really loving, supportive way. It sounds like there's a really important thing that you need to talk about. I want to bring my best to this conversation. It would really help me if you were able to touch my hand while we were talking. And that way I can help support you through this conversation. Doesn't that just sound like, aren't you like, hell yeah, I am in. After someone says that to me, I'm like, oh my God, you love me. I'm like, you actually care about me. And so you're going to listen to what I'm going to say. And so that's already setting the stage for them to feel super supported while they are asking you for something that's probably really difficult for them as well. I just want to say, if you're talking to your boss and you have this need, and let's say I always have this conversation actually with my bosses, whenever I start working in a job or I have a new boss, I have a very important conversation with them about how I like to get feedback And one of my love languages for feedback is the compliment sandwich. You might also know this as a shit sandwich, but I like to call it the compliment sandwich. And what that means is they're going to throw a compliment at me on my way. And then they're going to, you know, give some harder feedback. And then they're going to throw another compliment at the end of it. And that to me, it doesn't even matter what they're saying. The fact that they listen to me and know that that's how I like to receive feedback that they're honoring my request, that they respect what I am asking them to do. That in itself is so important and makes me feel so safe with them. And it automatically, I'm like, oh, you just did a compliment sandwich. Oh, you're giving me feedback. I would love to incorporate this feedback because you are thinking about my needs in the most respectful and safe way. So think about that could be a strategy to use with your boss of like, Hey, I know that you have some feedback that you want to give me. This is how I like to receive it so that I can hear it in a really like supportive way. And when you're asking for your need to be met, this is the next step. 
I want you to know that it's okay if they can't meet your needs in the moment. And so I cannot tell you how many times I have had conversations specifically with my mom and I feel really avoidant. Like I feel like I'm getting swallowed. I feel like there's no space for my needs to get met. I feel like I'm getting lost in the conversation and I just want to run away and hide. And so for all of you avoidance listening out there, what I want you to know is that it is okay for the person that you are talking to, to not be able to meet your need. Once you free yourself from the expectation of the other person needing to meet your need, you will become, I mean, this is like ultimate freedom. Like you will become secure. That is secure. That is like the secure way of thinking because all of a sudden you know that you can meet your own needs or if you can't necessarily meet that need, such as let's say you need physical touch, right? You've got to, you can hug yourself. There are positions that you can do. I highly recommend practicing them, especially if you're anxious. There are ways to like give yourself a hug so that you feel like you're getting touched. You can go get book a massage. So a professional is like touching you and moving um, things through, through, through your body in a safe way. There are things you can do to get that need met. But once you know that you have the power and it's up to you to get your own needs met for yourself, you're going to get your needs met 100% of the time, which is the best news ever, right? So the secure way of thinking of going into a conflict argument is knowing that there's this give take in a relationship. And so sometimes they're going to be giving more and then sometimes they're going to be receiving more. And so this is one of those moments when you're asking for your need to be met and they're not, unable to demean it. I can't tell you. Sometimes I'm in an argument with my husband. I'm like, oh man, I really would love a hug. He's like, I am so heated. I actually can't do that for you. And I'm like, okay, cool. I totally understand that. I respect the physical response that's going on in your body. I am no longer telling myself stories about what that means, that you don't love me, that you're unable to love me. And instead I see that as, okay, he's taking care of himself right now. And I'm going to get a hug down the line. I'm going to get a hug tomorrow, or maybe it's going to be tonight or next week. It's never been that long, but just know that sometimes our need isn't going to be able to be met in that moment. Okay. It doesn't mean anything about them. It doesn't mean anything about you, but it does mean that it's important for you to figure out how to meet that need for yourself. So like I said, that can mean going booking a massage. Maybe that's hanging out with a friend. A lot of times during conflict, it's just really important to go outside and take a walk. And the reason for that is to get perspective, just to say, hey, I'm part of this like larger world and things, things are still happening. <laughs> Even though I'm in this like huge conflict that feels like the end of the world to me, I can go get some fresh air and realize like, okay, I'm, I'm part of a much bigger problem <laughs> or not problem. Sorry. I'm part of a much bigger world with other, lots of other things going on and I can get some perspective on what's happening. Okay. So if you're anxious, sorry, I know I really dove into how to handle conflict. If, if you're feeling like you're swallowed, like an avoidant, if you're anxious and you're in conflict and you're just really feeling like I want this to end, I want to just say yes so that we can get through this. I want you to really deeply connect with what you need. And then I want you to practice saying that need. 
It doesn't have to be right then in the moment. You can, after a conflict, you have full permission after a conflict to say, hey, I've been thinking about what we were talking about and I've actually had some thoughts and I'd love to speak with you about it. Let me know when you're available. It is okay to take a day to think about it or a week. It's also okay to ask for that while the conflict is happening. Take time, take space. We all need more space, especially for our human designs that are like emotional authority. Like we need space. We need time to process. And so it's okay to ask for that. And it's okay to take that. And it's okay to exercise that time to practice saying what your need is. So once you're practicing what your need is, then I want you to really connect with the emotion of feeling safe while you are saying the need that you have for your partner. Because you're afraid that they're going to leave, right? They're going to, you're afraid that they're going to abandon you. And that's so legit. But also, you are in a completely different relationship now. Like this brain, your brain is using outdated subconscious programming that is no longer needed as an adult. Like you're in a completely different space. You're in a new relationship with a different person. And so you're using these outdated programs to relate to people. I mean, it's time to start to let that go. So start to just feel safe when you practice saying the need out loud. Okay. And then think about an exposure plan to saying the need. Maybe you've got this big need for, I need to go on, I I need to have more date nights with you. And that feels like really big and heavy to you. So create this exposure plan for yourself that you're going to break down little by little. Okay. How can I ask for the first part of my need to be met? Hey, I'd love to spend more time with you. Maybe that's the first ask. Maybe that's it. And then maybe the second ask is, and maybe that's like a week later. You're like, okay, I told them I need, you know, I told them I need to spend more time with them. They heard me. And now I'm going to say, I would like to really get some time on our calendars on a semi-regular basis where we're spending more time together. And just put that out there and see slowly how they react to it. And then you can build and build and build and build. And then after that, you're going to just start to share your needs as if you're breathing air. Like that's how easy it's going to be. Okay. Last insecure attachment type, fearful avoidance. I'm going to talk to you about conflict. So here's the deal. You're going to feel really heated. Maybe you're expressing that externally. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're just like bawling it all up. What I want you to do, first of all, is to feel safe in the situation. That is like most important thing. You are safe. Remind yourself of that. And then what I want you to do is realize that this outdated programming is like for like sending you back to this like chaotic childhood where things just weren't safe, right? You couldn't, sometimes you just didn't even know how your caregiver was going to react. And so what I really want you to do is be in tune with your emotion and name it because that's the first thing to processing an emotion. Some people say that if you just like feel an emotion really hard, it'll pass in like a minute. I call bullshit on that. (laughs) Maybe I'm just a highly sensitive person. I don't know. I do identify with some HSP traits. But here's the deal. When I feel emotions, they stick with me. Like I will hardcore feel an emotion for a long time. And they'll, they'll, you know, sometimes it's like 30 minutes, sometimes it's a day. So what I want you to do first step is honor the emotion that you're feeling. And if you can, if you feel safe to share it, try to say it 
in a, again, a loving, supportive way of your partner. And why I say that is because oftentimes when I'm in conflict, my go-to emotion is anger. But the word anger or angry can be very triggering to my partner. So I don't necessarily want to be even more triggering or um, make my partner feel unsafe. So I try to name the emotion in a way that's like, I'm feeling irritated. I am feeling upset. I am feeling angry. Even angry can be like a little less triggering than the word anger itself. So just try to name the emotion that you're feeling and name it and say, like, I am feeling this right now. Like, I want to support you in this. And I want you to know what's going on internally so that you can help support me through this conflict. Does that make sense? I'm going to stop saying, does that make sense? I'm going to stop saying that. That's what I'm going to do in 2023 because it makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. Which brings me perfectly to the next point about asking for help. So here's the deal. Sometimes we've got a trigger or some charge around asking for help. And I feel this, resonate with this so deeply because I was just pregnant. And when you're pregnant, not only do people want to help you, but you need the help. (laughs) You need people to help you. By the end of my pregnancy, I could not lift anything. I needed help picking things up, moving things around, opening doors. And then as soon as I had my baby, oh. Oh my God. My my mom and my sister were here for weeks helping us, doing our laundry, cleaning the kitchen, making us food, helping with the baby. I mean, it was like the mother load of help. It was the biggest, most wonderful learning lesson about receiving help that I could possibly have gotten. So in the beginning, when I was first pregnant and I was starting to show and people were coming out of the roadwork to open doors for me, it was a little bit triggering to receive help. And I just want you to think about that and notice when that's coming up. Because if we're asking for help and then someone gives it to us and that actually triggers us even more, that shows us where we need to heal. Like we still need, we need to do some work on that. So if you're asking for help, it feels hard to receive it. I want you to think about a time when you helped someone and how amazing it made you feel. Maybe it was driving your um, friend home from a doctor's appointment, opening the door for someone at the grocery store. Just last week, there was an older man that was doing laundry with me at my laundromat, and he dropped a couple like clothing items on the floor, and I picked them up for him. And I'm there with my baby, but you know, I'm feeling like, hey, I can help you, and these moments, they make us feel so good, right? We want to help other people. And so when you are struggling to receive that help, I just want you to flip it and think about, hey, wait a second. I know I'm feeling like a victim or I'm feeling like a loser. or I'm feeling like a little rejected by um, allowing someone else to help me. But when I help other people, I actually feel really good about myself. And so I want you to just connect to that emotion about when you're giving help, how does it feel? And then how can you connect with that emotion when you're receiving help? That's my little hack. Let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear about it. Okay, so that's conflict. That's how 
the different insecure types tend to uh, uh, take on conflict. And this is the best secure way to handle conflict. I'm like excited for you to go out in the world and just start addressing conflict head on. I, it's the way that we, it's the way the world works. Like secure people deal with conflict all the time. They're not immune to conflict. That was one of the biggest myths that I had when I was healing my attachment style. I was just like, oh, great. Now I'm just never going to have conflict again. Like, no, guess what? You're going to have conflict and you're going to have it a lot because it's a healthy and important thing to relate to other people. So it's important for us to learn how to really be secure when we're in conflict. Okay, so my last tip for you is as you're doing this process, you're thinking about what your needs are, you're practicing how you're going to communicate to your partner. An easy way to just think about being secure is just connecting to what your secure self would do. So think in your head, like picture your secure self right now and think to yourself, just like connect with them. Maybe they um, remind you of someone from a movie or an archetype or someone that you know in your life that is just super, super, super secure with themselves. And I want you to think about what would they do in this situation? And honestly, (laughs) probably what they would do is just exude love and support and confidence and expect that expectations that their needs will eventually get met and and they're not concerned if they aren't because they know that they can meet them as well. I hope that helps. If you're interested in doing this work with a coach, contact me. I would love to work with you. I help anxious women create secure relationships throughout all areas of their life, not just partnerships but also in their careers, with their bosses, with their clients, with their colleagues, with their kids, everybody. Yeah, I would love to help you end people-pleasing and just start to communicate boundaries from a very confident and authentic place because I know you can do this. It's totally possible. If you're interested in working with me, visit sarahcohan.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. And you'll see a button to schedule a discovery call. And I just, I can't wait. Good luck with this conflict. Good luck just heading, go, heading straight for it. Let me know how it goes. I can't wait to hear about it. That's it for today's show. I really, really hope that you enjoyed. I am totally here for your secure journey. I'm excited for you. I know you can do it. And um, if you like today's episode, feel free to rate and review on whatever app you're using. Share this with a friend that's also um, working through some conflict. And I hope, you know, maybe it'll help save their marriage. We don't know. Um, but word of mouth is totally the best way to learn about other podcasts. So definitely share with your friends and I look forward to seeing here, uh, seeing you here next week. Thank you so much.